So, hey, we're in a series called Completely His, Completely His, and we're talking about how God Almighty can have his way with us, not just partially, uh, not just mostly, but all the way in, completely his. And, and Lord, I've just met you as the Almighty God, right? We walked through that series for seven, eight weeks, and, and we've, we're meeting him daily in the word. Lord, what does it look like to respond to you all in, completely his? And so we're walking right now through uh, the part where we would say we're describing the complete disciple, uh, worship, walk, work, and witness, four W's, non-negotiables. All right. These must be in our life in whole. We're not in a buffet shop where we choose which of them we like, uh, but all of them worship, walk, work and witness. So worship, knowing and adoring him and walk, uh, growing to be more like him. Work is serving him within the church walls and witness is taking it to the streets. All right. Worship, walk, work and witness. Lord, help me to be a complete disciple for you. So today we're looking at uh, how to walk, how to be all in in our walk with him, all right? So turn with me, if you will, to Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 11, Second Peter 1, 3 through 11, and uh, we're going to learn how to truly walk. We've got the ushers coming forward. They got Bibles in their hands, so if you need a Bible, just raise your hand, they'll get one to you, all right? Just raise your hand, they'll get a Bible to you. Keep your hand raised, be patient there. Second Peter 1, this is a powerful passage. Quite frankly, we could spend four weeks on this passage alone. There's so much meat in it, all right? But we're going to walk through this. Lord, teach me how to walk. Let me just read these verses first, and then we'll jump into the outline. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Our first point is a a simple word, three letters, let. Let. God has provided all we need to grow in him. So let him work. Let him have his way with you. It's about God's power at work in you. All right. And uh, in case you haven't noticed, Peter likes to write with run on sentences a little bit. You know what I mean? And so as we're reading, we're like, okay, got that one. Okay, get that phrase. Then we get to like the third or fourth and you're like, and your brain pops. And then you just stop and you're like, oh, he'll tell me what it means. You know what I mean? Be careful with that. Spend some time in this, all right? Let it wash over you. The depth of what he's teaching in this passage is amazing, all right? So let's just take some time. Let's walk this through. Uh, We're going to let God work. We're going to let him have his way with us. It's the first step. So notice verse 3, it says, uh, His divine power has granted to us. His divine power. Like there is no other power like this power. It's the only power that belongs to God. And there is none other who has anything close to that divine power. All right. God's at work in us. And it's like nothing else in the universe. God at work. It says his divine power has granted. All right. So for those of you who are uh, grammar nuts. All right. uh, So has granted. Right? That means it happened in the past, and it's still true and continuing on today. Very big deal, right? It's not had, 
granted. That means it happened in the past and done. Uh, And then you'd have to like redo it again. That's not what he's saying. Has granted, given in the past and still true today, God's power gave to us at the time of salvation, and it's still true today with you. If you trust in Christ as your Savior, you have God's power doing what? Well, he's granting all things that pertain to life and godliness. All things. Uh, How many things? That's a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? Like all things. Anything needed for life and godliness, already yours through God's power. For life, like navigating the waters of everyday living and knowing what God wants. And and for life and godliness, being able to live in a way where you are respecting who God is, grasping who he is, and living in accordance. God has embraced and granted everything you need. I don't know about that, Tim. I'm not really seeing that in my life. And hang on. There's a few things that are attached to it that help this to be rolled out in our lives. All right. So notice what he says through through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence through the knowledge of him who called us. Now, this word knowledge here, there's two forms of knowledge in the Greek. And uh, normally, you know, I don't go into the Greek words and all that, but this is pretty important, all right? So knowledge, there's this broad-based knowledge, this general understanding of God and how he acts. Um, That's not this knowledge. And then there's the, the very specific, detailed knowledge, the unbelievably perfect, personal, intimate understanding of God. That's this knowledge. It's epinosis, not just gnosis, knowledge, but epinosis, very specific, intimate, personal knowledge. That personal knowledge of him is what brings on this power more and more day and day, day after day. All right. So it's Lord, help me know you, not Lord, help me know your power. That's very cold. Lord, help me know you. With all you've got and with all you are, may I be introduced to your glory just a little bit more today. That's what we're talking about. An epinosis, a very specific knowledge of him. That's the secret and that's the center. God's given the power. And the more you know him, the more it's unleashed in you. And that's the way he designed it. You're like, well, why didn't he just unleash it? Because he's working with your will. Because he's bringing you along the way in knowing and understanding who God is and loving him with all you've got. That's what he's doing. And so work with him and get to know him personally and powerfully and passionately. Now it says, uh, this knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. He's calling us to his grandeur. He's calling us to the very expression of who he is, the glory of who he is. And remember, we've talked about glory. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, right? As you bask in his glory, you end up being transformed from one degree of glory to the next. You will look more like him as you get to know him. Like, I'm not spending time getting to know him. I'm just trying really hard to be like him. Yeah, that's called him an imposter. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to fake that I know him. I want my life to look like I know him, but I don't really know him. And be careful 
The secret is in the relationship. The secret is in the very specific personal knowing of him and getting to meet his glory and his excellence. And as his glory pours over you just a little bit more, you're being transformed just a little bit more. One step at a time, God at work in you. All right. Now he says, by which he has granted to us, so by which, so these glories and excellences have brought us something, uh, granted to us his precious and very great promises, his precious and very great promises. God has promised us that as we work with him and walk with him, there will be benefit. Very simple. And uh, so what are these promises? Well, there's hundreds. All right. I just grabbed 11 right here. All right. So you may want to write these down, 11 promises that we have with him, 11 promises that his power unfolds in our life as we get to know his glory more and more. Uh, Number one, just real basic, we have a spiritual life with him. We go from death to life, right? In Romans chapter 8, 9 through 13, a spiritual life, we're promised that and it's eternal. Uh, Resurrection life, Uh, yes, dead, come to life. Is where we're at spiritually in first Corinthians 15 21 through 23 and as Christ was raised from the dead So we can experience that same resurrection power Number three and very important the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we may have life, but we're not meant to live it independently He's given us the comforter that we might know and understand where we need to go acts 2 33 the Holy Spirit Is promised uh, number four strength Isaiah 40 31 strength God promises strength. You're like, I ain't really feeling that I'm just telling you i'm going through a lot of struggle and i'm Remember the secret is personal time with him Getting them to know him in a hugely powerful way. Lord show me your glory in this area I want to know you like i've never known you before and strength comes Trust me, he's holding back on some of the promise when you're holding back on getting to know him. Get to know him with all you've got. Guidance, John 16, 13, that's number five. Guidance, that's the fifth promise. So spiritual life, resurrection life, the Holy Spirit, strength, guidance. Like, I'm not sure what decisions to make. I'm not sure which way to go. I don't know what God really would even think about this. In John 16, 13, guidance. He brings it, he gives it. Uh, number six instruction John fourteen twenty six, instruction. He teaches us He shapes us number seven wisdom Wisdom it says if you ask He will give it right james 1 5 wisdom absolute promise number eight abundant grace God lavishes on what we don't deserve abundant grace romans 5 15 Number nine, joy, and uh, all the other fruit of the Spirit as well, but joy, Galatians 5, 22. And then the last two are about our future. Number 10, an eternal home, John 14, 1 through 3. Eternity in heaven with him. Uh, No more pain, no more tears, no more sorrow for an eternity, total satisfaction and utter enjoyment. Of our God and his kingdom. And then the last one, eternal rewards that go along with that. Uh, 1 Timothy 4.8. God has a ton of promises for us. 
and some of it about what we just get to have inherently with him and some of it as he pours into us and some of it as he makes available to us what an awesome awesome privilege to experience these great and precious promises he calls them great and precious promises so for those of you still writing them down you're like i totally didn't get that list here we go spiritual life resurrection life the holy spirit strength guidance Instruction, wisdom, abundant grace, joy, an eternal home, and eternal rewards. Just a little bit of the taste of what we have with our God. He says that we have these precious, precious and great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature you literally might be able to taste and see that the Lord is good. An amazing privilege we have to get to know him richly and deeply. And I'm telling you, once you've got in this rhythm, you never want to stop. And then all of a sudden you drift from it. You can't really even explain why you've drifted away from it. And all of a sudden start feeling a little bit of the bland in life again and not quite sure what's going on with and I'm telling you, a fired-up relationship with Christ is at the center of this, knowing Him deeply, understanding what we need to know about Him, that we might be changed. Having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. And let that settle. Escaped from the corruption that's in the world, like the devastation, get to move around that, and the, the ruined, and not for me anymore, God's rebuilding in my life. And this is not a promise of health, wealth, and prosperity. This is a promise of an eternal movement ever towards him. As God's sanctifying in your life and moving you along a path where he's got a plan. And I'm telling you in the end, it does not end with devastation and separation. It ends with eternity with him. We avoid the corruption of this place. And, And if that's all there was... That's enough. And yet he lavishes on the promises that every day can be rich, that we can constantly be celebrating him. That's our God. That's life with our God. He's granted that. Let. Let him have his way with you that you might experience rich and deep relationship with him. What brings on that corruption in this world? See it there? What brings it on? Uh, Sinful desire. Yeah, you and me, we broke it. God gave us a toy and we broke it. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so it's one of those things where our desire and our want and our uh, looking after ourself ran the whole place amok. And God's told us this clearly, Genesis 3 and, and what the unwinding of it all and And this corruption in this world and the brokenness in this world and the hurt in this world is from sin. And we need to embrace that. We have a lot of responsibility for what's going wrong here. And God's working in our lives to make it better. That's a huge statement about our God. All right. God at work. We need to let him. Yeah, I get that, Tim. I've heard that a lot. You know, the let go, let God phrase, right? many times you've been to a camp where you see that etched into wood with some kind of burning utensil? You know what I mean? 
And you're like, I see it. I just don't know how to do it. Right? And, and so let me just give you three statements about let. Let. Three aspects to let. Alright? Uh, number one. If you let God, you're giving him control of this very moment. Let. Control of this very moment. I mean like right now. Like right here. Let is in the moment. Let is not about tomorrow's decision and not today's. Let starts with today. Right here. This moment. My words, my actions, my thoughts. Yours, Lord. Let. Like this moment, you have control. If we're saying, eventually I'll do that. Or I want to do that. I'll do that after 3.30 today. Got some things I'm doing until then. And, and that's not let. Let. You have me starting now. Right now. Let. Control over this moment. Number two, control over uh, your heart. Uh, Lord, everything that I'm wanting and desiring inside. Uh, the, the will and the direction and the things that I prioritize. Lord, help me love what you love and hate what you hate. Let. Take this heart. Do with it as you please. Where do you want me to go? Let. It has to do with this moment. It has to do with your heart. And then the third piece is, uh, it is about your future then. It's a control over your future as well. Lord, take this moment. Lord, take my heart. And Lord, whatever happens with direction, that too. Wherever you want me to go, whatever you want done, let. That's giving God control. God's granted his power. So take the deep breath, hand it over, and say, Lord, now let me get to know you in the most deep ways possible. Whatever area you're struggling with, whatever area has you gripped with fear, whatever area has you frustrated, uh, just start to get to know God in that area. What are you like there, Lord? What do you do in those situations? And watch him as you learn about him. He all of a sudden starts showing you what you can be like. And then he starts pouring his glory over that area. And you're beginning to be transformed. And you release away some of the junk in your life, some of the sin. That's how it goes. Uh, all too often we sit down and we're like, yeah, 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 that God stuff. And then we look at like three character traits of God we already knew and we knew him well. And we don't look at the next thing and we don't look at the thing we're struggling with. Like maybe I'm struggling with anger. And so how does God handle, handle anger? How does God handle disappointment? How does God handle struggle? How does God handle dealing with what he does not want happening? And what do I see him going through? And what can I learn from his character? And who is he there? And, and as you bask through the who is God in that moment, you're starting to have the glory of God pour over you. And he begins to transform from one degree of glory to the next. You're getting to know him personally as you let him have the moment. Do you know what I'm saying? Let. It's a big deal. Go with a recipe a little bit. Like, Lord, I'm here because I've got a problem in this area and I want to see all of you on that area. What do you have to say? You know what I mean? Let God meet you there. I'm telling you, we have some awesome things going on in this body. And um, I got a letter this past week, an email. I just want to read part of it to you. Let. God has granted 
Listen to this letter. Just wanted to drop you a quick note. Uh, The Lord has really been breaking down my intellectual pride as he reveals himself to me apart from my ability to grasp him. As much as I want to figure him out and make sense out of him on my own terms, he'll have none of that. And uh, that would greatly minimize who he is. I can only imagine the feeling that Isaiah had when he saw the Lord. But in some small way, I'm beginning to see in a way that I have never seen before. Thank you for staying singularly focused on him, capital H, capital I, capital M, him. All the peripherals just give us a false sense of security as we find ways to continue improving our commitment to Christian living and culture, but fail to give up ourselves to allow him to reveal himself. Whoa. Anything less is just deceptive, insufficient substitute for a glimpse of his glory. Thanks. That's a letter this week. And, uh, I probably just could have read the letter and sat down like that's the message. That's what it's all about. Listen to this. Thank you for staying singularly focused on him. All the peripherals just give us a false sense of security like we're doing well as we find ways to continue improving our commitment to Christian living and culture, but fail to give up ourselves to allow him to reveal himself. Wow. Stop with the distraction and let God work. That's the call. As we talk about walking, this is where it starts. Know him personally, know him deeply, know him richly, and let him reveal himself through his word. As you walk with him, let God blow you away with who he is. That's our call. So simple question. How are you doing with letting God work? How are you doing with setting down your personal effort and your earn it mentality and saying, God, your power, God, your glory, none of me. You have this moment. I'm done fighting. That needs to be where you're at. Be done with it. Come before him. And let him work right then and there. Invite God in. All right? So that's let. Now, the second one, before we actually read the line here, I want to make sure we understand this. This passage is bookended with God doing work. It's God starting it. God has granted. And it's God ending it. And in the middle, it gives us a request of some action. God's bookended it. It's completely covered. So here's our battle cry now. Cooperate. Make every effort to seize that growth. Cooperate. Make every effort to seize that growth. We start in verse 5. For this very reason. All right, you hear those words? For this very that's like therefore. Right? And so when we see a therefore, we say, yeah, get prepped because there's one in this passage. What's the therefore? Therefore. And uh, we better be asking what he's talking about. And so he just got done evaluating God's power pouring over us. 
and an experience of him changing us. And, and he's got awesome promises for us. And for that reason, because of all he's already done, because the, the thing is locked up and guaranteed, because you have what you need, because of that, for this very reason, make every effort. And every legalist just went, yes. I knew I had some check boxes in here somewhere. Right? And uh, be careful. Uh, this passage gets so misquoted, they jump to this phrase very quickly. Make every effort. That's what it's all about. Walking. Make every effort. And uh, I don't disagree that there's work to be put in to walk. There's work to be put into all that we're doing. Effort. But notice it's in light of. Because of what God has done. And where we stand, make every effort to supplement. And then he has a list. You are cooperating with God. You are not making it happen on your own. As soon as you go off and muscle it, you're done. No growth occurring. A lot of frustration, some tears over time. You'll make some success. You're going to make progress. You're like, I I, I decided I'm not doing that anymore. And then you're not. And then it stops and you're doing well. And then all of a sudden you're like, and now I'm doing it again. And I can't explain why. And Because there was no transformation, you just conformed it like a Nerf ball. You squeeze it down, and as soon as you let go, it pops back. All right? And that kind of conformance doesn't get it done. God, change me with who you are. All right? So he says, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement, here we go, your faith with virtue, your virtue with knowledge, your knowledge with self-control, Self-control with steadfastness, steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. That's quite the stack up. You know what I'm saying? That's a building. All right? And so let's walk through these. Faith. It means to trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior. Faith. Like, I believe that you are God Almighty, Jesus Christ. I believe that you're God. I believe that you came to this earth. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you rose again from the dead. I believe that you are in heaven, seated next to God at his right hand. I believe you are king of kings. I believe you are Lord of lords. Faith. All right. Have faith in Jesus Christ. That faith. And then add to that, supplement it with, not lose it, replace it with, but supplement it with uh, virtue. That's like... Moral excellence, goodness. You start doing some things right. And as you start doing some things right, you start learning what God's like. And uh, so faith, you add virtue to it, goodness, moral excellence. To that, add intellectual grasping of God's word, knowledge. Add knowledge. Like I start to get who God is. I'm, I'm seeing him work. Now, this word knowledge is not the same as the other one. It's, this one's a little bit more broad-based. It means God's general working in the world and how he's moving in various areas. And you're seeing God's hand at work. All right? General knowledge of God and his handiwork. Mostly learned through scripture. Somewhat learned through experience, though. And so faith and virtue and knowledge. Self-control. That's when you're putting your passions under control. You know, like when you want to yell and you don't. And, and when you decide you want to take another look at whatever you shouldn't be looking at and you don't. It's when you put up a level of fence that protects it. But this is more than that. It actually becomes not just holding back the, the rivers of sin that are within you. It's a point where you literally stop wanting the sin. That's, that's also implied here. 
And so the self-control isn't some cap on the outside of me that stops it. It's a change of my heart that makes me no longer want it. That's a divine work. We keep doing the human work. Uh, Stop doing that external thing. Let's let the divine work happen, changing the heart so it doesn't even want it in the first place. May God have his way with us. And as we put ourselves in his hands, this is what he starts to do. Faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control. Steadfastness means like perseverance. It means remaining under well. Patience, right? Steadfastness. This is the idea of being under a weight, a heavy weight. Uh, Not complaining. That's not remaining under well, okay? Like some of us are in situations where we can't get out. And we're stuck under it. That's not remaining under. If we're under it and complaining, we're remaining under poorly. You know what I'm saying? And like, why is it this way? And how come he doesn't? And what's God thinking about with? And doesn't anybody see my plight? And what's with the... That's not remaining under well. Remaining under well, it's God, you've got it under control. And Lord, I'm trusting you. And whatever happens, may you be glorified. Remaining under well. That's steadfastness, all right? Godliness. This is a proper fear of God that calls us to action. That's what godliness means. We often think of it, we're like, that means good. And it does in the end. It's a call to action, but it's a proper fear of God that brings us there, all right? Oftentimes we do good because we want self lifted up. That is not godliness. That's a cheap substitute. Hey, look at me. That's not what God's going after. It's a proper fear of God and understanding of him that calls you to action. Brotherly affection, uh, concern for one another. Like, I care for your physical needs. I care for your spiritual and emotional needs. I care what goes on in your life. I want to care for you. That's brotherly affection and love. I just want the best for you, no matter what it costs me. Uh, You first. Love. Uh, This is quite a building block program. And notice you're supposed to add to one the next. And so be careful to make sure you're hearing from God what he wants you to work on. And what a great list to be sitting down to and going, how am I doing with that moral excellence virtue thing, Lord? You need a little bit more focus there? Or or should we be moving on? Do I need to know a little bit more about you and how you're working now? Knowledge. Because once I get that a little better, I seem to be a little bit more moral and understanding. And, And so, Lord, what do I need to be shaping now? Make it a talk with him where he's teaching you through the process of growing to be more like him. God walks us on this path. When he gives it to us, let's at least use it and listen to it, right? What an amazing list that he's given. Notice it says that we're supposed to supplement these. Yeah, how do I do that? I'd love to do that, Tim. I really have no clue how to do that. And uh, so, so what exactly should I be doing that that would happen? And uh, so here's some thoughts. Five steps to supplementing your walk. What does he mean when he says supplement your faith with virtue? How do I do that? So here's how. All right. Number one, take time to hear from the king. Time to hear from the king. Best way to do that in his word. All right. Take time to hear from the king. Spend time in his word. You know, read the Bible. Yeah, I hear that every time at church. And yeah, well, then do it, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a point where it's not rocket science. I'm not going to tell you something new. Might be able to explain to you a little better why, but I'm telling you, get in your word. God's got some awesome challenge for us in his word. And he reveals himself there. And, and, you know, think of it this way. Uh, my wife writes me a letter 
and uh, explains all about where she's at on some things and some hopes she has and some relationship more that we can have with each other and what she loves in me and, and blah, 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 blah. And, and I'm like, man, I really want to learn more what Jonna thinks about me. And, and uh, so, so, Mike, can you read this and evaluate it for me and give me a letter or a book back on what she's talking about? And then I walk away. And Mike really pours over it and he gives me, and he comes back with a couple of chapters of info and Tim, I really see it like this. And thanks, Mike. And now I look at Mike's critique of my wife's letter. Are you hearing it? And I'm like, Oh, I've read my wife's letter. No, I have not. Right? At some point, get to the letter, right? And, and how often do we read books about the book, but we don't read the book? Get in the word. And let God's word pour over you. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. The word of God is fully sufficient to equip us unto every good work. Lord, what do you want from me? Hear from him. Spend time in his word. All right? That's number one. Number two, can you tell the word of God matters here? Right? Number one pillar. We're going to proclaim the authority of God's word at all times. Number two, uh, time sharing with the king. We talked about time hearing from the king. Now it's time sharing with the king. Uh, one is about reading intake. The other is prayer. Let them know where you're at. Talk with them and interact with them. Uh, somebody who is not praying is not growing. The end. All right? That's just the way it's going to be. If we do not spend time interacting with him, there is a lack of knowing him that goes on. We need to spend time in relationship with him. Hearing from him, sharing with him. The king wants to talk to you. No, thanks. I'm kind of busy watching a football game right now. Thank you. Two big ones on today, by the way. (laughs) I want to get your prayer time in early. (laughs) Number three, be real. Be real. See your life as God sees it. Uh, Lord, help me know what I need to change and help me know where I'm succeeding. Can't tell you how many people I meet who have a blind spot the size of the Empire State Building. Man, I've got it together. But everything is being motivated by self. And uh, please, be real. Let down the guard and let God show you what needs to adjust. Be ready to hear it that you might be able to go after it. Lord, here's where I feel like I've got some things going on. And here's where it seems like things are falling apart. Be real, all right? Number four, be thankful. Uh, this is probably my biggest spot to be learning in right now. Be thankful. Uh, get ready. You're going to hear why. Celebrate God's blessing. That's kind of easy. Things go well. You're like, thank you, Lord. Right? So just be able to turn it around. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. And that's awesome. And I so appreciate what you just did with. Celebrate God for his blessings. Uh, do me one more step. Celebrate God for the hedge of protection he puts around you. All right? Hey, we just talked about it in Job 1 last week. I'm telling you, the hedge that God puts around us. We have no idea. When God's hedge gets removed, Satan rushes in to destroy anything he's allowed to touch. So whatever you have, God's hedge of provision. Uh, Celebrate that hedge, all right? Be thankful. And then the last one, be accountable. Uh, Make sure you get some partnership. This is where impact groups are priceless. Building friendship, building relationship, hearing from one another, praying for one another, celebrating the victories in life together. Uh, Be accountable. 
So time with God's word, time uh, talking to him in prayer, be real, be thankful, be accountable. Man, you get those five together, you will begin to supplement your faith with virtue and so on. You will. God will bless those times with him. Spend time just saying, Lord, I want to let, I want to hear from you. Take over. Now notice what he says right after it. Um, He says, I want you to supplement these things. And then in verse 8, for if these qualities are yours and are in increasing measure, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yours and increasing. That would be a nice summary, wouldn't it? Somebody's like, hey, have you seen that list? Yeah. Man, have you seen it in that guy? Man, he's got it increasing in him like crazy. And yours and increasing. Lord, grow me. This is what the sanctifying process is. Lord, increase this in me. Yours and increasing. Okay, that's our goal, that God might be glorified. Uh, It says, for if these qualities are yours and increasing, they keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, When you grow in these areas and you get these areas, you'll totally understand where Jesus Christ is at work. And you'll be rushing to the place where he's at work and being there with him. A help to his cause, not a hindrance. All right, verse 9, for whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. So nearsighted that you're blind, you forgot that you were cleansed. All right? Did you lose your salvation? Is that what he's saying there? No. It's like you took your gospel glasses off and you're nearsighted. You're not getting it right now. And you're seeing it through the wrong lens. And everything's a bit distracted and distorted to you. And, and as you're trying to figure it out, you forget, and then you put the gospel lens back on and you're like, ah, oh, that's right. I was forgiven of all that and I'm with him and look what he's done for me and all these promises. And, and we take them back off. Like, what are we doing? Taking them off and putting them on. That's what he calls nearsighted. Nearsighted having forgotten that he was cleansed from his sins. Lord, may we never forget what you've done for us. What a tragedy that we live life in the moment blind after all he's done for us. Man, it is about cooperating. And please hear me, make every effort. Does not mean go home and start up the treadmill and get yourself working it out. And it's all on me now. And I'm going to muscle this thing home, baby. And like, that's not it. It's God's power. He's granted. He has granted. Uh, That's the key three words in this passage, by the way. He has not make every effort. He has granted. What are the key words? Man, if you walk away with this passage going, God's given it. If I trust in him as as my savior, he's given what I need. Lord, may I cooperate with you. That's make every effort. Like drop self, let God work. All right. So, uh. Mike, every week as he works with the impact groups, gets feedback forms uh, from groups that have met that week. And uh, here's just a couple of quotes that are going on in our impact groups right now. Listen to this. Uh, Another powerful impact group. Several are really growing spiritually right now. It's exciting. The willingness, this is another one, the willingness for our members to share personal items and participate in our discussion continues to be a joy. There is a real willingness to trust God's leadership. This is what's going on in our impact groups. Hey, we talk about be accountable as one of the ways that you need to be about letting God move in your life. I'm telling you, impact group is where it's at. All right. 
Another one. Last night was our first official meeting. It went extremely well. People were excited to be there and were engaged. Our accountability time went deep, fast. We were surprised at how quickly people became vulnerable and were willing to share. We are looking forward to getting to know each other better and encourage one another in deeper walks with God. Praise God. That's an awesome kickoff. Another one. Answer to prayer for one of our members that we've been praying for for over a year. Awesome. Another one. Two prayer requests are answered tonight. Another one. Celebrating one of our people finding a job. Another one's spouse agreed to come to church. Praise God. We are seeing God moving and we can't wait to pray for each other and serve together. That God might be glorified. Impact groups. One more. Tonight was one of those nights of ministry that I will remember for a very long time. We shared a great healing experience as we met. I won't talk about the experience here, but at the end of it, the rest of the group was loving and encouraging. There were lots of tears and lots of hugs and lots of prayer. We grew as an impact group tonight. Praise be to God. That's what we're talking about, that God might have his way with us. And I'm telling you, Time in his word, time in prayer, being real, being thankful, and hooking up with other human beings going after the same thing. Being accountable to each other, letting God work in us. There is no greater way. So here's my question. Are you in an impact group? It's a great place to start. And uh, if you're not, now's the time to start that process. We got party with the pastors. We got peak performance. Get through those. Make sure this is your church home. You're like, yeah, I'm good with this. I'm excited about being around here. And those are great first steps that are coming up right available right now. We got peak this weekend. Join us. And uh, 90 some people are going to be right here in this space. Uh, Awesome number at peak performance. Join us. And uh, just make sure this is your church home. You want to go after it. Talk to Mike. Uh, get a hold of him, whether it's through checking the register, calling up, whatever you do, and uh, spend some time with him. Mike takes some time with each person and figures out what the best match is and gets them there. And over the next couple months, let's get you in an impact group that God might be glorified, uh, that you might be going after it with him. And, uh, and if you're already in one, if you're already working, well, then here's my simple question. Where's God working in you and calling you to action? Let him work. Cooperate with him with every effort you've got. May God be glorified. Just go after it with all you have. Uh, Sometimes on your knees. Sometimes just pouring through the word and letting something jump out at you like never before. May God have his way with you. Let it starts right in this moment. You've got me, Lord. Now, what do you want to teach me? Let's go after it with all we have, all right? And then the last one, let and cooperate. Third one, confirm. We know we are his as we grow to be like him. We know we are his as we grow to be like him. Verse 10, here we go. Therefore, brothers. All right, so when we see a therefore, we say... What's the therefore, therefore? There's a reason for that connector. And and because of God's work in me and because as I cooperate with him, I can be growing and supplementing these things. And, And because specifically right after it, we can know and remember that we are saved. And because of those things, brothers, be more diligent to make your calling and election sure. 
All right, let's be real careful with this phrase. Uh, Be diligent to make your calling and election sure. So two ways this has been read. All right, some people read it and they'll be like, see, like, and this is the wrong answer. Everybody say wrong answer. All right, so some will look at it and they'll be like, hey, I I think this is saying you try hard and you're trying to please God along the way. And God's like finally going, yeah, sure, I'll let you in. You've, you've done enough good works. I'll check that box. Right. And and like somehow you're making it sure by getting God to turn his position over and you're convincing him through your works that you should be let in. Uh, that is not what this means. Well, how do you know that Tim? Check this out. Uh, The verb to make there says, therefore brothers be all, be all the more diligent to make Uh, that word is in the Greek. That word is in what they call the reflexive form. That means he's saying to you, do it to yourself. Another way to phrase this, make yourself sure. Okay, you hearing it? That's where the word confirm is probably a better word here. Confirming in yourself. Make yourself sure of your calling and election. That's what this is saying. Have you ever been in one of those moments where you're steeped in a little bit more sin and a little bit more uh, self and a little less of God and you're like, where do I stand with God? Have you ever been in one of those moments? And you're like, I'm not even sure what's going on right now. And, and the more we're steeped in self and sin, the more we're not sure we even get it. And is this thing even real? And is it even making a difference? And I'm not even sure what's right anymore. And, right? and so he's saying... I'm telling you, be all the more diligent. It will help ensure inside of you, you understand what's going on. When you get to know God personally, when you get to see his power unleashed in you, when you get to see God pouring over you and you growing in these areas and you're adding virtue and you're adding knowledge and you're adding patience and you're you're seeing this growth, there's a part of you that goes, I'm getting it. And then you start serving and you're seeing somebody else get it. And you're like, and somebody else just got it. You're becoming fruitful for the kingdom. And I'm telling you in the midst of that, you can't be more assured. And somebody steps up and goes, knock it off or you lose your life. And you're like, then take it. That's how assured I am. That's where Paul was. That's where so many of the apostles stood. So assured because of the personal knowledge and the relationship, and the growth, and God at work in them. There's an assurance that comes through seeing it in his word in black and white. There's an assurance that comes of seeing him at work in you. That's what he's talking about. Two parts to assurance. Can you know you're saved? Yes. Can you be assured you're saved? Yes. The word of God says it, and God's working in me. I'm sure I'm saved. That's what's going on. What a powerful little verse. Powerful. He says, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. You will never fall. Two parts to this fall. One, it has to do with, uh, you're not going to doubt or despair or fear, right? You're not going to trip. The same thing, the assuredness going away, falling. And so it has to do with that doubt or despair being corrected or stopped. Uh, But more than that, it does have to do with sin as well. A little phrase I just wrote down here. Guarantee you one or more of that list that we just read through, right? Faith, virtue, knowledge. 
one or more of that list was dropped in order for you to sin. So if you're going after that list in an increasing measure, you're going to see progress in your life and you're going to see less and less sin. But you're also going to see less and less doubt. You're also going to see less and less fear. You're going to see God at work in you. All right? Notice what he says in verse 10. For in this way there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus at work in us. Him doing everything. It's because of you, Jesus Christ, and nothing else that we have what we have. We have an eternal kingdom, he says in John 14, that he's going away to prepare a place for us. And he's going to return as king of kings and lord of lords, ruling over this earth. And that king, that's when we're standing there going, I knew it. You know what I'm saying? Like when he's returning and the trumpets thunder and the horses coming by the million fold and Jesus Christ putting everything in place, there's this part of your heart that's going to be like, yes. And, and that's where John's saying, come Lord Jesus, come quickly. And God's got a plan of eternity with him. This broken world is short and this broken world brings pain. And this broken world is a struggle, but God is working within this world to bring us to him. And may we celebrate life with him eternal that God might get the greater glory. Amen. Hey, that's our God and his plan. Not some small little thing, massive and forever and God at work. And so, again, the key words today are not make every effort. The key words are God has granted, right? And so, Lord, I want to walk in you. And so what are the three key words? Yeah, God has granted. What are the three words? Are you kidding me? God has granted it. And so anything you need to go after, yours already. Just get to know him personally. Let him unfold it before you. And he's going to change you. Not for your glory, so you can go, look at me. But for his glory, where you go, he did this in me. I didn't do this. Him doing this. That God might get the greater glory. Praise be to God. That is all in. Walk with Christ. Because of Christ, we have this. Amen? Let's pray.